nice to meet you. We're all glad you came. Won't you try and remember our name? Tapping pavement. Got our gear all packed. Hello, Sharks fans, and welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Teal, the Fear the Fen podcast. I'm C. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, we're recording right after the Ducks game, so it's like hard to be mad right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, whatever. They got five points. Nobody will remember in February how this three-game stretch went, and they got five points. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, the really big important thing. Yeah, (laughs) I I think we both... Yeah, of course. Uh, Points are good. Uh, I think we both wanted to see the Sharks started to assert themselves on in the standings rather than just everywhere else. So it's nice to see them get five out of a possible six points and play one amazing game base well like i don't know like they played pretty well except for like two periods right like all of those games were good i think you know they were fun they were definitely fun yeah as a whole all of the the games were good carolina was my favorite even though they lost (laughs) like is that weird i don't know like just it was good hockey to watch in general it wasn't like necessarily the best the sharks have ever played but it was very good from both teams and no one was trying to murder each other, especially after, like, Nashville, where things got a little chippy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It just, it, it was, like, just good, like, talented hockey. And, and that was nice. Um, skilled, I guess, is the word rather than talented. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's late. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, it, the, the Nashville Hurricanes back-to-back was nice because Nashville is really good. Carolina is really good. Obviously, the Sharks are really good. So it was nice to see two games in a row where it wasn't like, you're going to play one good team, then you're going to play the Islanders, then you're going to play a good team, then you're going to play the Rangers. It, it was it was nice to see two high-event, fun hockey games in a row. And Carolina was definitely fun to watch because basically it was... You get a scoring chance now. You get a scoring chance now. You get a scoring chance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, it was it was a lot of fun. I think you know the the end of the national game was a little frustrating, even though they won. Like that's that's the weird thing is that like the games where they won were kind of the the more frustrating ones. I think because with the Ducks, the Ducks shouldn't have gotten a point. They should not have walked away from that game with a point. And that's frustrating, especially with them being in the Pacific Division. I think, is it ultimately going to matter? No, because the Ducks are going to burn out, at, you know, by Christmas. Amer- American Thanksgiving is what I was yeah, going to go with. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, like, it's, it's like, it's whatever. But it's still, you just don't ever want to really be in that position to, to give up three goals for no reason. Then with Nashville... Like they they started out really strong, and then like here's the thing about Pete DeBoer's line blender is that it was to get certain players off of the ice more than yeah, it was so. uh, you know anything about the the D pairings or the line combinations he had out, and and that was frustrating because those players that he was trying to keep off of the ice were were causing those frustrations. Yeah, like Brent Burns played five minutes. Yep, that's exactly it's how it is. Like, <laughs> it, it's, there's no two ways about it. Brent Burns got benched. He he, he got benched. So, um, I mean, they came back when they, they sparked the comeback. You can't not have Brent Burns on the power play. And two power play goals followed by 
a goal 11 seconds later off of one of them it's just it was it was great to see them come back uh, rather than blow a lead and uh, it was frustrating just because they were playing so well and then kind of lost their way and then had to claw all the way back in the third period and then you know that third period had repercussions into the next game because Carolina is not a team that's out of reach for San Jose to beat by any means. You know, it was a very evenly matched game, but Pete had his whole line blender thing going again. And he, you know, there's a lot of talk about, well, it worked in Nashville and yeah, it worked in Nashville because that was a break in case of emergency. (laughs) Like that's, that's your lineup when like you have to have your best players out there for 20 minutes at most (laughs) like you are you're trying to cover your ass for 20 minutes you can't do that for 60 minutes you can't put the same lineup out for a full game because the whole point of those lines and those deep pairings is to to um to oh gosh spark a comeback well yeah i mean ultimately yeah but it's more like um that's not the words i was looking for god but to keep your best players out on the ice to try and just hang on, you know, like in the Nashville game, obviously what they were doing from after the first period on wasn't working and he needed to find something to get the couture line out there more to get Carlson out there more to get Vlasic out there more. He had to, he had to find something and that's where you get the Burns played five minutes. Uh, The fourth line went bye-bye. They might as well have taken off their equipment. So that's when you kind of get those things and it shouldn't translate into another game. Nobody should look at the end of Nashville and go, yeah, that worked. Let's try it for another game. Like (laughs) you said, for 60 minutes, it it just doesn't, that's, that's a rare instance where shit hits the fan and you need to try to make something out of it. And this is an instance where Pete was like, okay, I'm going to try this and it worked. It hit, which is great, but you got to go back to what was working the entire eight games before that. Exactly. You're looking at a 20 minute scenario where your goals are a to limit scoring chances to nothing because Nashville was a very scary offensive team and they wanted to, you know, try to, to close that gap. But B to also to get scoring chances out there, which yeah, by the way, two goals. <laughs> they needed two goals. And who did they put out? They put out Carlson. Just saying, like just throwing that out there for the world. They needed scoring chances, and they needed someone who is defensively responsible. And so they kept Carlson and and the Couture line out because duh, like obviously, <laughs> like, yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. That is not the wouldn't. same situation you're facing for an entire sixty minutes in Carolina. It's just not. Those are no. completely different scenarios. So maintaining that lineup and then throwing in Dylan Gambrell for no reason other than, well, he's here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, change it, swapping out your fourth line center is fine. I mean, whatever. If you're going to do it, do it. I'm not super. Uh, it's disappointing because Chartier had been doing everything right up to that point. Chartier so kinda, wasn't even the worst player on the fourth line. No, Melker Carlson's the worst player on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not even that bad because he's got, like, a positive Corsi percentage, uh, which is hilarious. Which but, is, I mean, due in part to his line mates who are, yeah. I, I mean, Barclay Goudreau was a very good fourth line center last year. And, and Rourke Chartier is holding his own this year. And Melker Carlson is dragging that line down. But that being said, though, I mean, other teams would take Melker Carlson on their fourth line in a minute. Yeah, for sure. But with how well the rest of the sharks are doing it just makes melker carlson all the more noticeable Expendable. noticeable noticeable and yeah. his, his uh his weaknesses and you know and then tonight he gets thrown up on the top line like 
It's because your boy LeBanc has looked like poo-poo for three games. Hey, now. I would not say poo-poo. Uh, he's looked pretty bad. Mm. He just he just kind of like, it, it looks like he's just kind of going through a dip, and it becomes noticeable when you're playing with Joe Pavelski, who's very slow. Right. Um, well, and that's so you need to it's be like, the setup guy. I don't think he's looking bad so much as he just isn't, you know, he, he isn't scoring at, he's not going to score at the same rate all year, unfortunately. I don't think he's. No. He's going to go through kind of hot and cold spurts. and, and right Yeah, now. which is fine. I'm, I'm totally okay with it. But when uh, today, like, he gave it up and led literally to a goal. So I can see why Pete was like, all right, you're going to take a seat. It was weird that he chose Melker Carlson to bump up. Yeah, weird. Weird for weird. sure. <laughs> Weird's weird the first word. decision. <laughs> yeah, like maybe Rourke or Barkley Goodrow. I don't know. I, I, I can see why he didn't want to break up uh, Couture line or uh, – or the Scandinavian line. I, I get that. But, like, Melker, really? I guess because he just kind of does what he does. But I don't know. It was just kind of weird. It's not the end of the world. Kevin LeBanc will be back on the first line. Yeah. It's not. He's not. The, uh, the D pairs are where the kind of <laughs> right. mind mind bottling. Yeah. So, so we're kind of <laughs> dancing around it because we don't want to talk about it. Uh, because it's just frustrating. It's a frustrating thing because here's the thing. We're looking at a week where the Sharks got five out of six possible po- points against two very good teams and one very lucky team. So, like, oh, granted, Nashville actually is kind of a little bit lucky. They're kind of riding some stuff here. But that's They're still all good. beyond the point. They are still good. So you got two very good teams. And one John Gibson. And, and John Gibson. And they got five points out of those six. That's awesome. Uh, and and we talked about this last week where like or or two weeks ago when they had the the East Coast road trip and it was like you know if this happened at any p- other point in the season we wouldn't even talk about it if this happened at any other point in the season we'd be pretty damn happy I think like that's just you, like, and on the road right yeah like this would not be like the doom and gloom it has been on Sharks Twitter this week like. Can we, like, all just take a second, like, recalibrate your brains to what this team is and stop, like, treating it like sharks of old? Because, like, you don't have to be, like, you don't have to find things to pick up on and be upset about all the time. Like, this is a good team. You can just enjoy things. Like, you, it, yeah. it's very possible. Yeah, uh, like, the critiques shouldn't be these broad, sweeping generalizations and pitting players against each other and stuff if you like there's obviously things to be critiqued we talked about the power play early in the season how it was doing good things but brent burns needed to slide down on the side we talked about how we like to see rourke on the fourth line and maybe where does joe thornton slot in these are small little tweaks we talked about the d pairs and their deployment these are small tweaks that make good hockey teams even better there's no need to be talking about slow starts and this person has been clearly better than the other person like multiple people can be good at once just because one is excelling at the thing they do doesn't mean that the others need to suffer in pain like it would it it, like it doesn't make sense to put down one to elevate the other it's cutting off your nose to spite your face it just doesn't make (laughs) sense it's just frustrating because everybody should recognize that the sharks team is very good and getting a guy like eric carlson doesn't happen often and Coming into camp, switching, he's been in Ottawa for like eight, nine, ten, whatever years it is. Coming into camp with like three, like a week to go and then having to play games stuff, that's hard to do. He's uprooted his whole life. It's not easy. He doesn't have any friends on this team. He's like, Eric or uh, Marcus Sorensen's Swedish. Great. That's awesome. 
I don't think they know each other. But like, so it, Tim it's Heath just, is also Swedish. Yeah, and Joachim Ryan's half Swedish. So like, there's three and a half Swedes. It's fine. I don't think any of them. <laughs> I are can't really wait for their TV show. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be awesome. Three three Swedes and a half Swede. <laughs> three and a half uh, Swedes. Oh, yeah, but it. like, they uh, it, it just there's no need to do like make it seem like we were expecting the second coming of Bobby Orr. I don't think anybody was expecting it. Yeah, he yeah, Eric Carlson hasn't scored, but who cares? He's leading in all these other categories. And he's clearly driving things. And and the thing that frustrates me the most personally is that words matter. People. We live in an age where everybody can see any kind of news. I can look up, like, what the weather is in Lagos, Nigeria, if I wanted to. Like, I can, I can get all this information. So words matter. And when people have voices in communities and stuff like that, it's it's important to know what you're doing and stuff like that. And because if we say something, it's going to get – when we write stuff on Fear the Fin, like, for instance, you referenced last week your letter to the editor about Evander Kane, guys at Sportsnet in Canada – read that article and referenced it so words matter and words get through to people and stuff like that and and the thing that you don't want to be doing nine games into somebody's tenure is running them out the door but even though that's not what's happening it's just it's it's frustrating to see that there's not a patience beyond nine games i i don't know and i I just it's just frustrating to see the that eric carlson is here and there's still this broad sweeping generalization that we wanted Bobby Orr. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what you're saying in not so many words, and, and Kyle's being very, very calm right now. I'm livid. I've been livid all week, mostly since the Carolina game, uh, is that, first of all, like, Eric Carlson is a defenseman, and I think people forget that. Like, that's the thing. Like, He's a defenseman and he's very good defensively. And and just because he's not he hasn't scored a goal yet. Okay, well, it took Brent Burns a long time to score a goal this season. Last season it took him to November twenty fourth. Yeah. Uh this uh point streak that they're all talking about, first of all, he the first two games of that point streak were secondary assists. So just throwing all of that out there. But as far as the you know, the scoring issue, like he is leading the team in scoring in that he's creating that offense. Like he is the difference. Like people want to attribute, you know, the, what did I say about their goals? Uh, This is all before the Anaheim game, but they had like 27 goals at the nine game mark last year. And they have 32 or something. I thought it was 34, 34. Yeah. So, you know, like (laughs) that's a measurable difference. And Eric Carlson is the reason for that. He's he's driving possession, he's creating offense, and he does it in such a simple way that like you don't even notice. Someone uh, from Silver Seven Sons, you know, we were talking about this on Twitter, and he said that it took a long time for people in Ottawa to to stop mistaking Carlson's calmness for laziness or or for lack of caring and that is the the number one critique that i'm seeing is that like he looks like he doesn't care he looks like uh like he's just going he doesn't want to be here like he's just going through the motions no (laughs) like you're used to seeing defensemen have to work three times as hard to be able to accomplish what he does with 
no effort because he is that good. Like, it's not a bad thing for him to go out there and make this look effortless. It's incredible. You should be grateful to get to see that, <laughs> to see someone who is yeah. so good that they make this incredibly difficult job look easy. In terms of, you know, Kyle's whole thing on words mattering, we in Sa- like in San Jose media, it's it's virtually non-existent, right? Like we, we <laughs> there's like four and a half people. <laughs> yes, there's no one covering this team. Uh, when you look at Bay Area sports, sharks are pretty low on the totem pole when it comes to any kind of coverage, and when it comes to national coverage. The NHL doesn't care about Pacific Division hockey. They never have. So going from a a media circus like Ottawa, where everything was about Carlson, everything was about whether or not Carlson was getting traded, everything was about Carlson's wife losing their child, uh, about them being harassed online. It was constant. So to be in San Jose, that has got to be like... (laughs) I mean, this is something. (laughs) Yeah, it's something players talk about, you know, coming out of Toronto, coming out of Montreal. Sorry, Canada. Your media is like vicious. It it just is. Canadian markets are very, very difficult. And with everything else that's going on in Ottawa outside of Carlson, with (laughs) ownership and the owner, everything, he's coming from a pretty volatile situation there. And, and to come to San Jose, where there's like three people who cover the Sharks, that's that's just like a huge breath of fresh air. And and to to that extent, everything that gets done in the media here is so much bigger in that way because you're gonna see it no matter what you do. You can't avoid it. There's not a thousand yeah. people writing about us, so stuff gets gets lost in the shuffle. He sees it. He's going, you know, and you know when you write things that are just uh, just patently untrue. I mean, like, you can look at numbers and and point out exactly what about this is not true. Uh, Carlson is leading the team in expected goals for. He's leading the team in shot differential. Like, shot differential. Time on ice. <laughs> yeah, time on ice. Like, you know, all of these things that are shown to lead to goal scoring. And just because he's not the one actually doing the scoring does not mean that is not changed our, the offensive structure of this team in a positive way. And, and to say otherwise is to, to not really understand, you know, what you're looking for. Yeah. It just seems foolish. And, it, and neither of us are going to sit here and, and think that he's unfallible. Uh, obviously he makes mistakes that he, he made a turnover in one of the games that led to a goal and like shit's going to happen. Like we're not, we're not going to sit here and, and say that he's perfect and makes no mistakes. That'd just be stupid. of us. No, but when we, you're blaming Eric Carlson, because Brendan, Brendan Dillon, Dillon isn't a skilled <laughs> enough per, like player to receive a pass from him. That's insane. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, that uh, that's the whole reason that Carlson and and Vlasic should be partners because you know who would have been right there for that fucking Mark Edward Vlasic like that's, yeah. that's he's you match skill sets in a way that you don't have um someone who is wildly outside of the skill range this is why Melker Carlson doesn't work on the top line because you've got someone who is so outplayed by his line mates that they have to dumb down what they're doing. You cannot ask Eric Carlson, who is one of the best defensemen in the league, to dumb down what he's doing for Brendan Dillon, who is a good bottom-pairing defenseman. 
Yeah, I love Brendan Dillon. But that's it. That's what he is. He's a bottom pairing defenseman, and he's good at that. Don't don't give him Eric Carlson's twenty minutes a night and and think that that's gonna go over yeah. super great. I, I yeah, I I think I think it's just frustrating to see because of especially caring about a team and, and cover and seeing them every day and like paying attention to everything that's happening. It's just it's just frustrating to see that the process is there, but then somehow there's a disconnect to like fans and stuff like that it's just, it's just it's just frustrating more than anything and it, yeah. it's it's gonna be nothing like come all-star break it's gonna be nothing if eric carlson signs the day after the trade deadline for an eight-year extension who gives a shit <laughs> but like it, right now it's, it's, it's just frustrating to see when there's other things that i think deserve more attention or or, exactly. That's or, the or thing. to be talked about like I, I i can think of like four or five things off the top of my head where i would love to see somebody uh, who's around the team, like national media members and stuff like that, talk about the team and stuff like that. I would love to see them talk about uh, how uh, the Couture Hurdle Meyer line is put together. I'd love to see more anti Suomela articles. I would love to see how Aaron Dell is so good in a backup role. There's there's just a lot of different things that I would like to see, and one of them that I don't want to see is critiquing Errol Carlson for things that he's not really doing. And like we said, he's going to make mistakes and stuff like that, but everybody makes mistakes. And and when you're on the ice for 25 minutes a game, you're just more likely to be involved in more or bigger ones because you're just out there more. Right. Like in Melker's eight minutes a game, he's just not going to make as many mistakes. He just doesn't touch the puck as much. So uh, I, I just think everybody needs to relax and just... It's gonna be fine. Like they play, they've played good hockey up to this point, except for those two periods in Carolina. Yeah, those were those were bad. Well, and, <laughs> and the thing is too, like you know, when he's out there for that long and he's doing so much right, it's not like other players where if you don't notice them on the ice, it's it's not. It's because they're just not being a liability, or you know, like they're just there. <laughs> yeah. If you don't notice Eric Carlson, it's because he's doing his job, you know, and there aren't a whole lot of players like that. So then it's easy to say, oh, well, he had a bad turnover and, and make that into a much bigger deal than it is. Because if you look at the total number of things that he's done, you know, while he's out there, like, it's just such a minuscule part of his game. Yeah. And I, I don't think either of us are going to say they that Vlasic and Carlson played awesome during the Nashville game they, they they were they weren't great but I mean they were still doing but good Vlasic things, was but struggling too is the thing but no one yeah, wants yeah. to talk like about the, it. the pair the pair the pair was struggling and exactly. that's going to happen in an 82 game season exactly uh, there's going to be games where they struggle and stuff but they fought through it and, and came back and won the game um and things like that so it's just where neither of us are going to say neither of us are just going to make one point and, and stick to it where if Eric Carlson shits in his pants in a game in December 11th against uh, Florida, we're going to be like, yo, that was a bad game. Like we, right. we do it all the time with like Brent Burns, for instance, <laughs> we love Brent Burns. Brent Burns is awesome. I would rather watch a team with Brent Burns, but Brent Burns also decides that he's not interested in getting that puck out of the corner as hard as he should. So we're going to, we're going to make that point. And it's just, it comes with the nature. And I, I just think there's been a lot of, animosity towards a slow start for some reason and it's just frustrating and i'd much rather be happy it's it'd be one thing if people were also talking about actual issues with the team and instead it feels a lot like how can we blame this on eric carlson and that's why i think we're so defensive about it is because he's not even close to a problem on this team right now yeah and 
and it's all coming from people's expectations that he's going to be like, you know, when you get a, an, you know, an all-star level player, you have to have different expectations for different positions, you know? And like, as much as he's an offensive defenseman, you still have to look at it differently. Like, offensive defensemen, even the best offensive defensemen are still racking up most of those points through assists, right? That's just the nature yeah. of the beast. That's how it happens. It's They aren't always going to be major goal scorers. They're not going to be the top goal scorers on your team. So, like, to get mad because he's not the goal scorer you'd expect him to be is just absolutely wild to me. It is the weirdest thing. But all of this, you know, for me, it's like... The argument kind of boils down to like this eye test versus stats thing that everyone's like, well, he looks lazy out there, which is nothing. That means nothing. That that's that's not a thing. Yeah, that's just somehow players how some players are. Right. They just look that way. You have to you have to use both of them together in conjunction with each other. You right. can't just pick pick one and be like, well, this is my answer. You got to do both. I love the eye test. I personally find a lot of advanced stats confusing for the most part, and I I'm learning as I go, and I I want to learn those things because they make my understanding better. Like, oh, I can see that Carlson is really good on in the defensive end on. Uh, 5v5 play and then when I find a stat and it says yes he is I'm like oh that's interesting or conversely if I'm like oh I don't I, I think he I think uh, I don't know I'll just pick something Marcus Sorensen's having a, a pretty decent game and I look and say oh he's actually been pretty bad and then I, I look and see oh okay maybe this is where it's coming from and you have to put them together right. it's like a well, puzzle because here's the thing stats don't measure some imaginary part of the game <laughs> like they just don't yeah They're, stats are tracked by humans and you know that's they all they measure activity on the ice they measure exactly what is happening they're you know to a level and this is was mentioned in that stupid ben bishop article today that is just uh, i hate when hmm. people ask players about stats but you know that to to an extent there's a, a little bit of human error there but for the most part what it is is it, it's just measuring what happens on the ice every event on the ice has a value and when you're like eye test and your your thoughts on what happened in the game are way off from what the numbers say that there are literally only like three things that can be happening there and that's that you don't know what you're looking for <laughs> you don't yeah. you, like you don't know what is good in a hockey game and and you don't know how or you don't know how to look for it or you have a bias and like that's fine you can admit that but when your bias is that eric carlson isn't the goal scorer he was like he was made out to be it, it's just wrong <laughs> like i don't yeah, know how yeah. else to tell you but that is a bad and wrong opinion <laughs> like that there's nothing that backs that up especially in the game in particular that that is referencing was the carolina game where eric carlson led the team in corsi four percentage in uh, in all situations and in five and five so like what <laughs> yeah he, he was like the only good part of the yeah like, like you can't argue with those numbers there's even if you take into like human error into account on that like there's still he was measurably better than his teammates <laughs> you know it, yeah it's, if your opinion is so off from the numbers you have to look at how you're watching the game and how you're and forming I your opinions 
And I mean, that's happened to me, for example. Like, I love Justin Braun. I think Justin Braun's been very good, and I've always defended Justin Braun, but um, recently I've had to reevaluate how I feel about Justin Braun. Well, I feel great about Justin Braun. I love him. But how I look at Justin Braun, because he has been bad since basically the cop run and he was not that great last year because Mark Hesburgh Vlasic is so good he masks his ability his pitfalls um so that that's one of those things where I am a staunch Justin Braun defender but I also recognize that the way I'm viewing Justin Braun is totally wrong because I just like him um, yeah. <laughs> and so I I need to like really dig into the stats and that's where the things help like yeah I can watch and be like oh this is a bad game and then I can be like, well, maybe it wasn't so bad, or maybe, oh yeah, it was bad. You just it, it needs everything needs to work together because all stats are doing is confirming or not confirming what you're seeing on the ice. Right, exactly. That's, that's all they're doing. They're not they're not trying to like paint a Picasso. They're not doing anything differently than what people have been doing for a hundred years. It's just they're doing it with a more accurate and in a more in depth way than before like oh this person is a great passer well the stats are going to show that they're a great passer because they have zone entries they have zone control they have a lot of primary assists those are all things that people watch for a hundred years now like uh Guy Lafleur was great at entering the zone we all know that because we all saw him carry the puck over the blue line and score I bet you if there were stats in the 70s they would just show yes he was very good at zone entries so this they just work together, and it's yeah. it's so dumb to just close off one side of the argument and be like, nah, we're good. Right, and it's just so... I think, you know, part of it comes in that, uh, you know, a lot of analytics and stuff are used in a, a projection sense. And in that, yeah, sure, you know, whatever you decide your, your opinion of the worthiness of projections are, fine, cool, whatever. But when you're just looking at things that measure what happened on the ice, like, yeah. you can't argue that that has no value. And you know it's all about your your usage and and that's not to say that everyone needs to be super well versed in stats or anything but no, i'm not but all of them have value this is all like people do this for a reason teams hire people to watch the game for this reason like yes, for every a reason team has an, every, every every team has an analytics department it's, yeah we're not when we're i'm not just trying to say that like they literally all do and they all use them even the staunchest like uh, who would be columbus well john tortorella or uh, i don't know pick an old curmudgeon front office like if brian burke was a gm they would still have a stats department the mileage may vary but they're not everybody's going to be carolina yeah. so um not everybody's a big stats guy here sharks fans here's one doug wilson jr is a monster stat guy yeah he loves the analytics and the, you've seen that since Doug Wilson's take, uh, Jr.'s taken on a bigger role, we've seen the team move away from the the goons in the bottom six. And we've seen... They drafted s- Ryan Merkley. Yep, we've seen smaller, more skilled players. And that's and that's because of analytics. It's because analytics yeah, proves Wilson, these things are useful. Yeah, Doug Wilson's not a stupid guy. He knows the value in them. Exactly. If, does it take longer to change? Does it take longer to learn? Yeah, am I still learning what... A lot of these advanced stats mean, sure, am I totally, me personally, Kyle, am I totally sure I'm super on board with expected goals? I guess that <laughs> it's showing the process, but like... Yeah, and I, I want to talk it, on that for a minute too, because I think part of stats is that it becomes kind of overwhelming in the terminology. You look at something like expected goals for, and you're like, well, that's, that's nonsense. That means nothing. <laughs> but... yeah. 
like expected goals means this is how many goals they should have but at the same time when a person is expected to have 20 goals and they come up with 11 that's when people can turn around and be like look you're stupid your spreadsheet was wrong <laughs> well and, and you have to like you have to that's when other stats just, come into play you know educate yourself on what though that terminology means too. expected goals for isn't just like well he should have scored this many or those are you know goals that are scored on a excel sheet like they're it's he's doing those things that would generally lead to goals that's a good thing most of the time i mean you like what else can you ask of a player who is if a player's leading your team and expected goals for and he's not scoring over a long period of time and this comes back to your usage of stats right over a long period of time that's when you need to be looking at well you know what's going on what's wrong here if you're looking at a single game or you know a single event or you know whatever and you're leading in expected goals for generally that means that you're doing all the right things that (laughs) generally just lead to scoring and and you can look at that one event and say okay well was there you know a really good goaltender and you look at the goaltender's goals saved above average and say yeah he had four goals saved above average so maybe that's why you weren't scoring over a longer period the longer the period is you know the more you you kind of have to look at trends but but expected just because it has that word expected like people see that and become really averse to it all it means is that like in any the process in any there. other scenario or if you put that up against a hundred different simulations of that scenario most of the time you're going to score a goal doing what you're doing and, yeah and i think that's where like you said the usage comes into play where you can't just pick one stat and be like well look you're an idiot you have to put them together oh they haven't expected goals but they didn't meet that i wonder why then you jump to the next one oh they had a really low shooting percentage that's weird i wonder why then you go to like teammate quality oh i see because their centerman shot a lot and wasn't a playmaker so therefore this person only took two shots a game rather than the six they normally do therefore when going backwards their shooting percentage was down which means that their their actual goals were down and their expected goals were high so you yeah. kind of have to put them all together like a puzzle. Yep. You can't just pick one and be like – it's this, it, it, works, it works the exact same way with traditional stats. If you yeah. look at somebody and be like, wow, they have a ton of goals, but they don't have very many assists. Okay, it probably means he's shooting a lot. Then you go, oh, yeah, he took 250 <laughs> shots but only made 100 passes. Those are all stats I can find very easily. So it's the same way. They're just on a more granular basis, and they're trying to fine-tune exactly – what's going on in the ice and when you have a player like eric carlson he's gonna have lots of good things and then because he plays 25 minutes he's gonna have bad things too and you just have to like let him be him there's a reason he's one of the best defensemen (laughs) in the league and circling back i think we can make this come full circle here uh you know with all of that being said i think it's really daunting for a lot of people to to look at stats and be like i i i can talk about this with a level of ease and knowledge, I mean, it's taken me a long time. Oh hell yeah! To 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 feel comfortable in that you know what I'm saying, and half the time I still double check with Fowl to make sure that yeah, uh, like I can't navigate Corsica.hockey <laughs> or whatever. I I don't know how to work it. I just don't. Natural stat trick. Don't know how to do it. Uh, shout out That's to fun. all of the computer. I'm friends with a lot of the computer boys, and thank you to all of you and girls, computer boys and girls, for educating me and helping me get to a point where you know I can talk about this. But I think that is daunting for a lot of people, and and I get that. At the same time, if uh, <laughs> if you're 
not going to put in that effort to learn and to know how these things are useful, you probably shouldn't say like, you know, uh, s- things that are, are so certain about a player <laughs> when, yeah. when it can very, very easily be proved wrong. <laughs> like you shouldn't act like these are absolutes when you're not going to take the time to look into how these things are measured by people whose jobs it is to to measure yeah. these and know these things. And 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 I, I think just to put a final like pin in it, I don't think we're advocating that everybody and their brother needs to jump on there and learn how to speak like Evolving Wild would speak. That's not what what we're saying is that when somebody brings up one of these stats, if you don't know what it is, asking what it is or looking what it is and then realizing that there's a bigger conversation evolved around it, not just saying, well, that's wrong or that's right. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's it's having it's the same way that when you were a kid getting into hockey or whenever you got into hockey and being like, oh, what's an assist? Oh, that's an assist when you make the pass. Oh, cool. What's a block shot? Oh, that's cool. Or learning that if a shot hits the post, it doesn't count as a shot. It's the same way that you we're curious in learning about those stats. It's the same way that you have to do it now where it's just a different set, a group name convention. I don't have words. It's just a different set of, it's just a different set of words and a different set of things. So it's, it's just a bigger conversation that leads to overall knowing more, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Also plus minus is garbage and it means nothing. Oh, it's the stupidest thing. (laughs) My favorite, my favorite, my favorite plus minus stat is that Patrick Kane in a game, I think it was last year. Uh, he was a minus three or a minus four, but he had five points <laughs> because he scored. I think he scored like four power play points or something like that, but was on the ice for like four goals. Jesus. So like it was, it was, or he was like a minus one, but had five points. It was really weird and stupid. It's just like, it's so dumb. Uh, and I'm not going to name any names on this, but there was a broadcast recently that used combined plus minus like they were talking about a line of three players what the hell is combined plus minus oh where you and, add them all together yeah said like this line has like a plus it has a combined plus 18 or whatever and it's like <laughs> that means nothing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do i do know that the all-time leader in plus minus is larry robinson former sharks coach cool legendary montreal defenseman <laughs> he's like a he's like a plus 730 or something cool yeah all right can we, can we move on i'm just i'm really mad and i like it just it, it makes me so mad eric we are so blessed to watch eric carlson and to see him like yeah you know but has he gone coast to coast uh <laughs> to spark the sharks to uh god the sharks are so much better this year too like you look at how the sharks are performing and they are like leading the league in in all of the advanced stats and uh, not all of them but you know like it's just so frustrating it's so frustrating to look at how good this team is and then go actually they're not good because of the best player on their team he's bad like what are you talking about anyway pete DeBoer, please free vlasic put them back together and stop (laughs) making me miserable (laughs) i'm so miserable it's all your fault I'm personally in the camp now that Brendan Dillon is the best defenseman because he went shorthanded coast to coast <laughs> and sniped on UC Saros. That was pretty good, though. I don't like. I don't think I've ever. I don't know what I'm trying to think of. Like what would shock me, but like I don't think. Like in my head, when I'm thinking of hockey players and I'm thinking of somebody picking the puck up in their own zone, going coast to coast and then sniping on on a, on a pretty decent goalie to spark a comeback, I don't think Brendan Dillon would be in my first 250 players. No, absolutely not. 
Like, that's just not something he does. Like, remember last year we talked about, because Brendan Dillon had brought up how he wants to shoot more, mm-hmm. and which is a good thing usually when your D-men want to shoot the puck at the net more. Great. That's awesome. Um, and he did. And he, I think he had a career high in goals or something like that last year. I don't know if in the offseason he watched, like, videos of, like, Pavel Bure, but, like, <laughs> where Brendan the Burry? fuck did that come from? <laughs> yeah, Brendan Bure, the, the, the Canadian Rocket? Like, I don't... I don't know. I, I don't I, know where that came from, and, and it was hilarious. You know, it's something that Laksha talked about, is that Brendan Dillon is not a bad defenseman. And you know, we've I think the site in general has been down on Brendan Dillon in the past. When they first got him at the time, Jason Demers was the better defenseman. So that's a little frustrating. Like, But uh, he's gotten better. Like, he, he's literally gotten better over the last few years. Like, every year he shows up and he gets better. And... And, you know, kudos kudos to him for putting in that work and and doing that. It's just frustrating because they're playing him out of his element. Yeah, he just needs to go back with Braun, get those get yes. those nice minutes again and, and do his thing. And yes. I would love it. Imagine if Brendan Dillon scored, like, 12 goals this year. Jesus. <laughs> All shorthanded. Oh, my God. Well, someone's got to replace Tierney. Speaking of Tierney, it is the Senators check. Oh, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so Tierney has been dethroned. Oh, no. By who? It's still Thomas Shabbat. He, he's he got one more point than Tierney right now. So yeah. Tierney is no longer leading the Senators in points. What, uh, what, do, you have the, do you have the Sen stats page up? Yes, I do. Okay. So all the former Sharks, where do they rank? Uh, Tierney is second with 10 points. He has one less goal than Thomas Shabbat. And Matt, Chris Tierney, point per game player. Also, he's tied with Matt Duchesne um, in points. Oh. Duchesne has more goals. So actually, I think technically that would make Tierney third. He's listed second on ESPN, but I would think... Duchesne would be ahead of him. Yeah, because... They go by goals yeah. as the tiebreaker. So actually, Tierney would be third. Okay. Uh, Bodker is... Hold on. They're not numbered, so this is annoying. One, Ow. two, three, four, five, six, seven. I always forget seven. that Mikhail Bodker was on the team. Bodker is seventh. With six points. Okay. Uh, DeMello is uh, eight, nine, tenth. Wow. With five points. You got some, Does it show his time on ice? Usually we got some ties going on here, so, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Take what it is. I time think on Dylan ice? DeMello is playing, like, decent amount of minutes, too. His average time on ice is 18 minutes. Look at Dylan DeMello, yeah. all grown up. You want to, hey, just take a stab at what Chris Tierney's average time on ice is. Because I don't think you'll get it. Uh, ooh. Uh, he's playing i'm gonna say 17 minutes and 42 seconds damn that's actually really close like i really did not think you would get this uh 1752 oh i was off by like 10 yeah uh, that was that was really impressive (laughs) (laughs) good for me Uh, i just figured like he's not the first line center because i think zingle is back or whatever duchene's there so he's playing some minutes he probably gets power play time gets some pk time so they're pretty like they're shitty. Yeah. So <laughs> he's going to get some time. So here's a fun little thing. All of the players last week we talked about who hadn't scored yet. They all got a point? No, none of them have scored yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had said Cody Cece had no points. He got an assist. But otherwise, uh, yep, that's still – or maybe did we say – had Chris Weidman scored yet? I don't remember. But he has. I don't he, care for Chris Weidman. I, so well, I just don't remember if he had points or not. He he got two goals, 
and then good for Chris. Cody CC got an assist, but otherwise it's all still the same. Oh. Yeah. The what was their record? They're, they lost to Las Vegas today in overtime. Um, which it just brings to a larger point that like Las Vegas, you're just you you had one lightning in a bottle year, and it's gonna be tough from here on out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling up their record because it's not listed on here, which is weird. What's up with that ESPN? Oh wait, no, there it is. I just can't see it. Uh, so they're four, four, and two. They're six in the Atlantic. Oh. <laughs> oh. So they have ten points. Uh, it's just it was so good to do send check for the first couple of weeks because they were flying high. Nobody believes in us, and now they're just coming back to earth like a rock. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's something. Although, I do mean, think- it does feel like, I don't know, like they're a really disciplined team. Well, nope, I lied. I saw a bunch more penalty minutes here that I was not seeing. So never mind about that. I lied. <laughs> I was they like, maybe a, this they- is really good, actually, that they're not taking a lot of penalties. No, that's not true. That's not <laughs> they, had a, they had a really interesting game, uh, a fun little quirk game. They played Colorado. Yeah. And part of the Matt Duchesne trade, Matt Duchesne, yeah, Matt Duchesne trade was that Colorado gets their first in the next two or three years or whatever, and Ottawa did not defer that first, and they left it as the 2019 first. So when Colorado played Ottawa, it was the rare game where you could win and improve your draft standing by virtue of Colorado beating Ottawa, thus making their their record better. (laughs) But... Colorado gets that pick. Yeah, and Colorado won that six to three. I don't think Ottawa's played a game like a two-one game yet. <laughs> no, they've lost. They lost three games this week. Uh, oh. Four to one to Boston, and then four to three to Vegas. So they got one point out of six. Yeah, and it was to Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. Woof. Oh, but poor I, senators. I, yeah, I think this is just uh, this is proof that regression is a real thing. <laughs> like, you're seeing yeah. Duchesne get back to where he should be. He's second on the team in points right now. And then you're seeing Tierney kind of flatline. Uh, and that makes sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chris Tierney leading think, the team in points did not make sense. So. Do you think Doug Wilson could make a make the hat trick of trades with Pierre Dorian? Do you think he could get, like, Ryan Zingle or Matt Duchesne or somebody at the deadline? <laughs> Who who they even? I mean, Zingle really? I don't know. But yeah, Zingle's good. Yeah, well, Bobby Ryan. I was surprised Ryan wasn't a part of the Carlson thing. Like that wasn't that was the rumor for so long. I was long. surprised. I was surprised numerous people weren't part That's of the true. Carlson trade. We didn't have to take Cody Cece. <laughs> no, and we didn't have to give up Hurdle or Meyer. It, right? It's yeah. Just, uh, poor Senators. We love you, Senators fans. Yes. Eugene Melnick sell the team. <laughs> So what what are the sharks doing this week? So they've got the they're going to be at home finally, hopefully for a little bit. Yeah, here. so uh, I think yeah. lost kind of lost in our shuffle too at the beginning was that these games were all on the road, which is pretty yeah. neat that they got five points. And they've and been on was, the road a lot so far. I mean, they've only had what yeah. three home games. Hold yeah, on. I think Kevin Four. Kurtz had no, three. Uh, three. They've had uh, three Kevin, home games. Yeah, the Ducks, the oh. somebody else's, and the somebody else's, the Islanders. Anyway, Islanders uh, and the Sabers. Ke- Sabres, right. The Sabres. Kevin Kurtz had tweeted out where uh, somebody had asked, like, oh, how do they feel about the road trips and stuff? And, and Kurtz had tweeted out that they're happy to get this all these East Coast road trips out of the way. And they have one more big one, which is at the end of November, uh, beginning of December, where they come to our hood. They play, like, Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit, Boston, whoever. So once that's done, at early, late November, they're mostly at home. And he had said that a lot of the players are uh, happy to get it out of the way. So it's nice to see that 
their mindset is let's get these over with and they're banking some points and then right. play for instance 10 of the next 13 at home which is crazy yeah because the thing about these the the east coast teams is that like the earlier you play them in the season the better because they're still finding their footing and you can find things to take advantage of where maybe later in the season you won't whereas pacific division teams or even western conference teams are always going to be competitive anytime the sharks play nashville or the docks yeah they play against them so much more the canucks like those are always going to be competitive games because they see them all the time and they hate them so the more you can load up your schedule in the front with those teams that you don't see as often that are probably still figuring out where they're going to be because i mean if you have both your games against like i don't know the penguins late in the year they know they're going to be informed. Yeah, exactly. They're getting gearing up for playoffs. A, they want those points, and and B, they they know who they are as a team. Whereas right now, they may still be figuring that out. And you you know, it's a little. It just takes a little bit of the pressure off. So it's good that they're they're in a good position about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So do we want to go into our predictions? Um. Well, we'll say what games we got coming up. But yeah, we can we can do predictions here because we got well, it's a four game homestand. But Whoa. three of them will be this week. So Tuesday, okay. it's going to be against the Rangers. Then oh. Thursday against CBJ. And then uh, <laughs> then Saturday the- against the Flyers. Oh, the Flyers are so bad. I know. And it's, it like makes me feel awful because I like I have so many friends who are Flyers fans. And I have like a, a fondness for the Flyers. And like it's just a... Just admit it. You you have a fondness for gritty. Yeah. Well, I plead the fifth. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I, like it's just. It's this rough. is th- these are not good teams coming in. Uh, Columbus is good, but they're struggle busing. Columbus is good, but like they've actually had some goaltending issues. <laughs> so yeah. Who knew? Who thought that was going to be a thing? So, so uh, yeah. Um, so maybe future shark, future shark Artemi Panarin comes to town. That's how they should market it. it. How did we do last week in our predictions? Uh, I said six points, and you said I said five. Four, didn't I? You said five. I think I said. Did I say four? I might have said four. I said six. I was I was close, yeah. but no cigar. I was looking good halfway through Carolina, but okay. So how many points do you think they're going to take this week out of those three games? Six. Six. Did, did you say six in like an accent? <laughs> I was kind of drawing it out. I was six. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm also saying six. Yeah. I, th- I, I think. Yeah. I mean, the, only, gonna, the one that's going to be the most out of reach, I think. Is Columbus. Yeah. Well, uh, it's hard. It, the Rangers are bad. Well, the Rangers have Henrik Lundqvist, though. Like, that's the thing. You could never count them out because they have Hank. <laughs> Big Bank Hank? Uh, I don't know. I just don't. Yeah. The San Jose should have beat them last time and. Hendrik yeah, Lundqvist stood on his head. Maybe they'll get backup goalie, whoever that is. They have one of those. I, I actually don't know who it is because it I used to be Andy Ranta. Don't for... either. Hold on. Hold on. I'll look. <laughs> we, yeah, let's, let's look pause the podcast. We have to look up who their backup is. <laughs> New York Rangers roster. Okay, I'm here. Uh, it is not Matt Zuccarello. <laughs> I don't know why that came up. That was really weird. It came up with Matt Zuccarello and Mika Zibanejad. Uh None of these people are goalies. Uh, it is, oh my God, a person I've never heard of. I was just going to say, I have it pulled up too. Uh, no idea who that is. Alexander Georgiev 
he is Bulgarian? Huh. What is he's that? He's 22. Oh, he's a baby. He's a baby is he a goaltender. Ba- is he a babe, though? Mm, no. He's got nice bone structure. He's got high cheekbones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking up yeah, where the no, city is. Yeah, no, he's a child. Roost. Like, that's really yeah. young for a goaltender. Who is this human being? Yeah. Yeah, he's Bulgarian. You don't see too many Bulgarian hockey players. <laughs> so, uh... I wonder how many... That's interesting. <laughs> I hope we see Georgiev. Yeah. Well, I, people get weird about backup goaltenders. They think that the show- he he is the only player to play in the NHL from Bulgaria. That's beautiful. All right. So six points. Uh, Aaron Dell watch. How many times do you think we sleep out? Oh, it should be twice, but <laughs> it should be three times. But it should be three times. Uh, Martin Jones let it in. Awful goal today. Uh, but that's not here nor there because they won. So winning heals everything. Um, I'm going to say once I think, against Philly. I'm going to say twice. I think he gets Philly and the Rangerios. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I'll say twice. How do we do in bold predictions? Actually, did Rourke get another point? Because I said he would have a <coughs> two-point game. Did he get two points? <coughs> or did he only? I don't. I know he, he got sh- his goal. So proud of him. But Well, you know what some beautiful person's bold prediction was this week. Yeah, well, Carlson didn't score, so. No, that was that was the week before. No, didn't you say that Carlson and Rourke? No, I said Anti Suomela and oh! Rourke Chartier are both getting their first goals. You Guess did. who both got their first mm-hmm. goals? Yeah, and I said I said Rourke would have a multi point game, right? That was yes, I'm looking up today if he uh, if he got that old. He uh, did not. He did not. He just got the one. Yeah. Another point for me on the bold prediction. I was really happy. First of all, Anti Suomela's goal was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, like God. that was. That was a great goal. And then Rourke today, when he got scratched, I was like, oh, my God, my bold prediction is not coming true. And then <laughs> back in the lineup, back of the net. Yep. Uh, do you have a Do you have a bold prediction for this week? Um, hmm. So do you, I, I kind of have one, but it's it's almost too mean. Are you going to say that Eric Carlson gets healthy scratched? Uh, absolutely. I would never put that into the universe. <laughs> I am actually... I'm actually sad and disappointed that you said that. Uh, look, I, I saw it on our Slack channel, and I just I he had a, he had a, he, have been Eric Carlson played raging ever since. So. Eric Carlson played damn good today against the Ducks, so yeah. I think he's safe. Oh well, uh, he was no. just responding, you know, to <laughs> yeah, he's bouncing back. He showed a lot more jam. Bad game where he led the team in Corsi for yes. anyway. Anyway. <laughs> My bold prediction was going to be that San Jose puts another eight goals on Philly. Oh. <laughs> like I they did last time. It. That's, that's, I'll, I'll go with that. San Jose, San Jose scores another, another touch. Uh, I don't want to say eight. Eight's a lot. I'll say that San Jose wins by six goals against Philly again. Damn. That's dramatic. Yeah. Poor Philly. I love it. Yeah. Um, hmm. This is really hard. Like, the thing is, I should prepare for this every week, and I never, ever do. So No, you just got to feel it in your heart. Okay. I'm going to say hmm, Marcus Sorensen hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why not? That's awesome. He hasn't scored in a while, actually. No. So, you know what? Why not? Busted. For a bonus point, pick the game. Oh, come on. Uh, Columbus. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um. Marcus Sorensen hat trick. Oh, that's that's <laughs> great. 
Um, just to touch on something from before. Yes. A couple bold predictions ago, you said that Joe Thornton was going to come back and then leave again. Yeah. Well, we know why he didn't come back. Oh, uh, yeah. It's because, he, it's because he has a pick line Ugh. in uh, his body. God, even just uh, saying the words make me like, you know. So if people, if people don't know what a pick line is, think big catheter, but it kind of, it's like, it goes into like your, like your arm or your leg or your neck or whatever. It goes really far. It's basically used if you have like a long-term need for stuff to go in your body. So uh, chemotherapy is a big one for pick lines. Antibiotics. So if you have a staph infection or something of that nature and you need antibiotics every day for like a month, they put a pick line in. Um, And you can also get nutrition out of it and you can get uh, blood out of it and stuff like that. So it's very handy, but it's just really kind of gross. So Joe Thornton has one of those in his body. It's it's. (laughs) essentially kind of a long-term it's a long-term iv catheter that goes into the vein that goes like directly to your heart so it's like a yeah so like that's why it goes like in your like leg or your arm basically a big tube and it's so gross like it's i don't know i i've been in the hospital a lot in my life and something about pick lines just makes me like nauseous like i it it, uh, it, it makes my skin crawl because it's (laughs) just like a big tube in your vein going straight to your heart it's horrifying it doesn't grow it it doesn't gross me out but the thing is is that um it makes more sense that he's not out two weeks because you don't you don't sit out two weeks with your infection then they put in a pick line to make things better he's probably had a pick line this whole time mm-hmm. and they're kind of being optimistic at the beginning so him being out a month makes more sense because um, he's been getting antibiotics i'm not going to speculate on what the infection was or anything like that that's just silly and foolish and spreading rumors um but the good thing about a pick line is that when they take it out uh after they take it out it's only a couple days while the incision heals yep. and then once it's healed you're good to go there's no like ramifications or anything no, like that once just, it's out of, once it's out of your body you're fine yeah you just need a little bit of recovery like a very short amount of recovery time because it does it hurts <laughs> like that's what they like yeah it you're hurts gonna and there's be like an open wound sore, like because i mean anyone who's had an iv for a long time knows even just that hurts you know because it's been in your vein for so long so yeah just a little bit of recovery yeah. time so that's good and i mean it's good that like they actually went to that you know to do that like you know yeah it's good that he's getting like fully healthy yeah rather than like well this is kind of healthy got it out so that's good that's good to that's good to see we also found out that carlson might be dealing with like an illness or uh an injury of some sort it's a really kind of confusing comment from pete DeBoer, who was asked if Carlson is dealing with something and he said nothing that should be impacting his game. So that's such a weird thing to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, that's like the worst kind of like especially when you know that these accusations about Carlson are like all over right now that like well it's yeah, he's dealing with something that shouldn't be impacting his game. What does that mean? What are you saying, Pete? Like, yeah, I, th- I think P- I think Pete is just saying that it's not like he's got a broken arm or anything yeah. like that. I think is is the meaning, but anyway, it's not that big of a deal. Everybody kind of gets sick, so yeah. Well, um, and it seems kind of backhanded because, like, then if it is affecting his game, then like, he, well, he can't deal with whatever it is. Like, just, just don't. Like, it was just a weird way to say. Yeah, that it's he's, it's a weird. He's got a cold. Weird and kind of <laughs> shitty way to say it, to be honest. Yeah. But. And I, I don't think he meant it the way it came no. out. <laughs> it's just kind of like, 
yeah, he's fine. Like, he, it's nothing. Like, I've had coaches in the past when I played, like, uh, high-level basketball and stuff that is like, yeah, you're just sick. Like, you can just get out this practice. And I'm just like, what What do you mean? I mean, the other, get out of here. The other alternative, too, is that he was kind of thrown off by the question because Carlson's been very good. So to be yeah. asked, like, well, Carlson hasn't been great. Is he dealing with something? It's like, not anything that should be yeah. affecting how he's playing. What are you talking about? You know? It was just kind of funny. Just and Pete's usually pretty quote. good about answering stuff. Yeah, just a weird quote. So maybe... I mean, not to throw a whole lot of speculation out there, but it, you know, it's, it's always a possibility. Just, you never find out about minor things in general. No, so. no. And f- Pete gets questions, but so do we. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, we have questions. I forgot. Wow. Um, this is why I am the new host. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. Okay. This is from at Andy Lonsbury. Sorry if I just butchered your name, bud. <laughs> Several questions in a row. So... Do we ever see Jumbo again? Wait, can we do this like rapid fire? Okay, so do we ever see yes. Jumbo again? Yes. Yes. Uh, where does Pete put him in the lineup? Third line. <laughs> first line. <laughs> Obviously, first line. Uh, where should he be and who sits when if he does? Melker uh, Carlson. Go. <laughs> sits. Well, should, should sit Melker Carlson. Will sit probably Rourke. Yeah. Um, where will he be? Right beside Joe Pavelski again? Mm-hmm. I think when he comes back, he might. Uh, we might see Kane back down to uh, the Scandinavian line, yep. but uh, but we don't really know. That's that's like hard speculation. But I can tell you one thing: Joe Thornton will be with Joe Pavelski. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, what color Christmas lights would you like to hang from Brent Burns's beard? Teal. <laughs> yeah, teal and orange. Yep, absolutely. All right, this is from um, Scott Stevens. It's a that was all from one person. Yeah. Uh, oh, nice. From- good for good for Andy. Setting a new standard and questioning. I like that. Thanks, Andy. Uh, at SC Stevens 10. I know he's scoring goals, but I noticed Pavelski's lack of speed and a bad way on breakaways for and against, and especially in overtime. Is it possible he's hurting us more than he's helping? Is he holding his line mates back from creating more chances? Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Joe Pavelski is a glacier now at this point. I, literally, the uh, phrase <laughs> in my head was Joe Pavelski moves at a glacier's pace. So glad we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, is he hurting the team? Absolutely not. <laughs> as right. much as I don't like Pavelski at center, he's still, like, competent, and he's still good at things like... Like, when he's on the power plane, he's in front of the net. He gets tips. He gets a lot of garbage goals. He's still... Was it against Nashville that he scored? He had the turnover and scored? Um, he's still he's still doing stuff. It's just, it's just really funny. It's that you notice how slow he is without Joe Thornton beside him. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about so. Pavelski is that, like, yes, he has that one very special skill in tipping pucks, but he's not entirely useless. Whereas no. you look at, and I hate to pick out a player like this, I hate doing it, but you look at, like, Justin Braun, who's a very good skater, and that masks things he's very bad at. <laughs> Whereas Joe Pavelski yeah, yeah, being yeah. good at tipping doesn't really mask him being bad at other things. He yeah. is very slow, though. That's the only thing. And it. it, it, it yeah, he's slow on breakaways. That's a little frustrating. That's one of those situations where we're going to see at home maybe not be as big of a deal because you'll get, you know, a little bit better line matching. But yeah, I, I, it's not really helping. And plus, he plays with LeBanc, who's not the fastest, but is decent. And Vander Kane, who's pretty fast for his size. So it's not like he needs to be the speedster on the team. He can use his smarts and his veteran presence to find the holes and let Evander Kane go into the corner and get the puck yeah. uh, and, and dish to him. So uh, Pavelski's fine, and he's apparently healthy again, and you can yeah. kind of see in his shot that it's his shot's back. Yeah. 
All right, final question isn't even a question, so oh. thanks for that. <laughs> this is at Brownageddon, who, by the way, was very <laughs> mad that we haven't posted the secret episode yet. So oh. I'll find a day to do that. We'll, we'll see. What, People how, care. You know. It's really weird. Yeah, it is. People want to listen to us. Crazy. Uh, we'll find a day that that's going to happen. I just haven't, honestly, I haven't even sat down and edited it yet, but it's very good. So whenever I get around. Was that that their statement? I'm mad that you aren't posted the secret episode? No, that was a different tweet. I just wanted to throw that out there. He was, it was the same guy, different tweet or or person. I don't know what you are. Um, Same human. (laughs) uh, Same. And it says, (laughs) I would rather watch a full nine inning coach pitch little league game than see EK65 play another game with Dylan. Not a question, just thought I'd get it out there. <laughs> same. Yeah. Big same. Yeah. Uh, what a mood. All right. I, we don't have any more on Twitter. There weren't any on the website. So <laughs> if you want to send us questions uh, when this post goes up on Fear the Fin, you can always comment on there. Although we learned this week, we have some listeners who are not Fear the Fin readers. Which, no, they just listen to our podcast because they like the sharks. Yeah, which, is, which I mean, we should have seen coming because, like, I try to get this podcast everywhere. So, like... Yeah, uh, what we were really looking for was those true unicorns yeah. that don't care for the sharks, per se. Like, you can, like, have a general interest, but not, like, a sharks fan. And you don't read the site, <laughs> but you also listen to us. Yeah. Like, like say you cheer for, like... Say you live in, like, West Virginia... And you like hockey. Do people in West Virginia like hockey? I have no idea. What a stupid state for me to pick. (laughs) Say you live in, like, Maryland, which I think is the most medium state. We asked this on our Slack channel. I think Maryland's most medium state. It's neither too bad nor too good. It's just kind of in the middle. Like, you could have a nice life in Maryland uh, and be perfectly (laughs) fine, but it's never going to be too far on either side of the scale. I I also... me being Canadian, I also posed Oregon, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Virginia uh, as possible medium states, but apparently Maryland is the most medium. So West Virginia University you. has a D1 hockey team. Who does? West Virginia University. They, they have a hockey team? West Virginia University has a D1 hockey team. Are they good? They're the Mountaineers. I have no idea. Yeah, West Virginia Mountaineers. That's like their basketball team. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's <laughs> like I watch college sports. I the thing I don't understand college sports because you're not cheering for your own university. What is this? I being Canadian, I don't get the whole alma mater thing. Uh, we've discussed that before, yeah. but I don't watch college sports because for twofold reason. One, I don't have a rooting interest in anybody. I don't care less, more or less for anybody per se. And B, it's generally lower quality than professional Yeah. Um, for obvious reasons. Um, so like college basketball and stuff, I, I just don't watch it. I don't yeah. really like it. So like Bemidji State and St. Cloud University and stuff, I have no idea where these places are. <laughs> uh, I just like saying Bemidji. What? Bemidji State is a university. That sounds super fake. I, it might be Bemidji. I... I, I could not say it's it's b e m bimiji bimiji state hockey right there okay. it's b e m i d j i we we spent too long on this bit that's not really funny it's from <laughs> bimiji minnesota all right so that's gonna do it for us you want to say thank you to molly marikami for uh, doing our new artwork if you haven't checked it out on twitter it's pretty cool. I'm sure if you're listening to us in a podcast app of some sort, you've at least seen the album cover she did, which is super dope. 
uh, you can let look. us know if you like this one better than the Photoshop or MS Paint <laughs> logo before. Wow, Kyle, I made that. Thank you. I, I know you did, but it does doesn't look like Molly's. Wow. That's because Molly's like an artist and shit. So you can check out Molly's stuff on mollymurakami.com or you can find her on Twitter at HeyMolls. That's M-O-L-L-S. Um, we want to say thank you to the Honey Wilders for letting us use their song Idlewild as our intro and outro. They are a Bay Area band, so if you check them out on Facebook, you can find out all their shows they got coming up. I know they've got one at the beginning of... At no- the old wagon. <laughs> I thought it was the wagon wheel. <laughs> Oh, is it? I, no, I'm pretty sure it's old is it wagon. Is the old wagon? I don't know. They were talking about it in Slack. Neither of us live in or around San Jose. Uh, quite the opposite. Yeah. So uh, if, if there's a bar called the Wagon Wheel and also a bar called the Old Wagon, don't blame us if you go to the wrong yeah, one. oops. But if there's only one wagon-based bar, it's that one. Well, you can find out on Facebook. Search the Honey Wilders. You'll find them there. And you Yeah, can, their show's coming up in the next couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, you can find their events. There might be some some of our guys there. So, you know just throwing that out there you can also find them on itunes and spotify so go listen to the album it's very good that song is so good (laughs) you can find the twitter uh for the podcast you can find the twitter the twitter you find the the the, the twitter drop the the just twitter uh, <laughs> it's at BSNTL, and you can find Kyle at Kyle Demetrius. Uh, you can find C at Now You See Me, S I E. I don't have to keep spelling this for you guys, I hope. Uh, well, if you don't read the site, you might not know how to spell my name. So, Oh, yes, for all you Maryland based uh, people, <laughs> it's N O W S I E. No, wait, I screwed that up. It's N O W Y O U S I E M E. Bad start. And not only can you find the podcast on Twitter, but you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If there are other platforms you want to see us on, just let us know. If you have except for Spotify, yeah, I Assholes. haven't got around to that. I honestly haven't tried. I don't know how useful it'll be because no one will tell me where they listen to the show. So if you want to talk to me, uh, get a hold of me at fearthefin at gmail You can send us questions that way. Let me know if there's somewhere that. The podcast isn't hosted that maybe you want to listen to us if you use another podcast app. So um, that's how you get a hold of us. That's fearthefin at gmail.com. Kyle, you got anything coming up? Um, happy Halloween. Yeah, I'm, I just want to see what the sharks are going to do. They've been on the road. So Kyle and I both guessed that they are probably doing their Halloween party tomorrow. By the time you listen to this, it'll be Monday night. Um, that they're probably going to have their little Halloween get together. So hopefully they have some good we're, costumes. We're excited for Eric Carlson in a dress. Yes, I live for this every year. So I think I think we're going to call it a night. So once again, this has been Blood, Sweat, and Teal. I'm C. I'm Kyle. And Eric Carlson is a San Jose shark. Burn